Skills. I am one of your hosts, Ronnie. I'm Chad, and this is a Jujutsu Kaisen podcast. And it's also season two, episode four, Chad. Sometimes I like to mix it up. Don't okay. think that I forgot. I know that we say I don't the think name you forgot. I just think you don't know how to say Jujutsu Kaisen like I do. You do say it pretty well. I'll give you, uh, you know, your your credit. You're doing pretty good with that pronunciation as of late. We're doing hidden inventory. Not one, not two, not three, but four. Quattro. Yes, and we finally figured out what the hidden inventory actually is. Yeah. I guess we did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Let's talk about this right at the top. I am a man who says the truth. I keep it real. I find this show, out of all the ones we've done, let's name them real quick. Attack on Titan. Demon Slayer. Chainsaw Man. Just started Vinland Saga on the Patreon. Just started Vinland Saga on the Patreon. If you're listening to this right now, go sign up. You can start getting episodes as soon as next week. Whoa. And um, if you're not on the Patreon, you'll get them here in about three weeks or four weeks. Anyways, those are the ones I guess we've done full coverage. This is the one that I find the most challenging to take notes on, to understand, it's very deep. There's a lot of terms for that is that are specific to this universe. Right, and it's weird. It's like one of those where the the power system is actually not that complicated, but they the characters in the show try to make it more complicated than it is. Right. And then there was a phase in this one which we're going to talk about all of it where I was like so I watched it the first time and I was like, okay, and my whole thought during the first watch was Am I an idiot? Am I not understanding what I need to understand? And yes. then I did come to realize, okay, no, I just had to wait till the very end where more things came to light. But I felt real bad in the beginning. I needed you there because I felt real bad and was like... You were scared? Oh, no. People are going to say, Ronnie, quit doing this. You're not very good at this. Which still might be the case, but now I'm a little more confident going okay. into it. I think you're going to nail it. Thanks. You ready to... I mean, what did you think of the episode? You said this was the most anticipated one yet. Right. I, I enjoyed it. The past two episodes of Juju have been really good for me. It's kept me on my toes. I know, the first two, it's not like they were bad episodes or anything, but I was like, okay, where is this going? I was a little confused by mm-hmm. it. Um, the whole 48 hour or f- something along those lines of the bounty being out. I'm like, well, is this just like... Is he stalling? Is this plan actually going to work? Is this going to intrigue me enough? It turns out it was way better than I expected. Right. And my expectations were low. I I don't want to say low. They were met. They were met and even above that. So they exceeded your expectations. Yeah, they were. were, Yeah, I would say it was a little bit lower because I I just, I'm kind of dumb. Like you're saying. Right. I'm not a smart viewer. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so, I mean, help me along the way. Let's hop into it. We pick up where we left off. Rico, she just got gagocked through mm-hmm. the head. And right here, I was like, okay, Ronnie's theory of her still being alive right. is probably wrong. Because you see the brain matter on the floor, right? Right, right, That's yeah. Because, I mean, there's a lot of dead characters in this show that are not going to come back to life. Go, Gojo! So, Toji... Junpei's mom... <laughs> So go, uh, Toji and Geto start fighting. The dragon curse sweeps him away. This setting is even cooler than I thought. This whole tree it's, it's coming incredible. through the cave with the little... And it's just like, I don't Are there people here? There's so many buildings, but we don't see a single person. I don't think there is a single person. I think this is Tengen's playhouse. Yeah. 
and he just made it for himself. And one of the coolest parts of this, though, is literally how it almost is so overwhelming that I can't believe they animated it. Like, they put so much time and detail in just the background. I know. This place. Yeah, and I still don't... Oh, it's just such a... And then we were going to learn that it's even more high-tech than we thought. There's, like, different doors and stuff that we don't see, but they're just kind of adding on to the uh, the allure of this this domain. Now, they get down into the building of this thing where Fu, uh, Toji landed this stressful situation, which right there, right away, he is so... He's got the moves. He's got the moves. The Tombs of the Star and the Forbidden Vault. That right there was one of the first terms where I went, oh no, I could be in some <laughs> trouble here. The Tombs of the Star and the Forbidden Vault use barriers that conceal so they can't place guards here. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So this is also helping him manage how uh, explaining how he was able to get here unscathed because there's no guards, you know, keeping him out. He just had to know Besides his way the around. Besides the maid, right? Well, we're going to get there. <laughs> okay. And I appreciated this, too. He also explains that Jujutsu High is full of flyheads, and he doesn't have cursed energy himself or a cursed tool, which makes him an invisible man. Mm-hmm. All the sorcerers are flying over to Jujutsu High because they got a situation going on over there. Meanwhile... Toji's walking on sunshine right. over here. He is the perfect guy for this job. Literally, no one else could probably do this job but him. He's like an old lady. No one ever sus- suspects the old lady because she's yep. an old lady. An old feeble lady that assassinates somebody. We need to make a film over that. I don't know if people know this. It's a well-proven fact that I just made up. Old ladies uh, per capita steal more than anyone. They do, and they get away with it the most, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because even if they get caught, they just act confused, and then they get away with it, which means, oh, wow, they're just going to go hit another spot right after yeah. it. They go, oh, she didn't. Me- she wasn't trying mm-hmm. to steal this 67-inch TV. They just say, oh, uh, well, Richard Nixon's the president. Uh, say, I thought what? the checkout line was this way over by the cart return spot. And they mm-hmm. go, no, ma'am, you passed 27 of them. She goes, oh, I'm sorry. And she goes, I didn't even mean to buy it. T- Don't call the sheriff. She said, I was just trying to watch my programs. Yeah. The Days of Our Lives, season 57, airs tonight. Please don't call Andy Griffith. I'll be okay. I've got to see the new episode. Andy Griffith, for those who are below the age of 25 and haven't seen their grandparents watching it, is an old show. It's an old show where Andy Griffith is the sheriff, mm-hmm. and you know it's such a small town that everybody can just be like, hey, let's call the sheriff, Mr. Griffith. So now Ghetto, he's going to do one of the cooler things I've seen. He, I mean, this is my dream as a child. He takes some shots out of his finger gun. He Actual shots. And they're little squids. You seen it, though? Did you oh, see where they were? Oh, were they Cursed squids? squids, but okay. they were used as, like, bullets. Pretty damn cool. I mean, that would be... What if you could do that? I mean, that's... And also, with the finger gun, why... I guess it's the hammer going down. Is that what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can't really do the trigger thing with the finger gun. It just looks stupid. Right. That's why have, people want to do it. You'd have to do it with your ring finger, and that would make sense. So I guess right. it's the hammer going down. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that we haven't, you know remodeled the finger gun at all over after all these years 
Toji keeps talking. He reveals, oh, he does have a curse tool, by the way. He's got a curse tool backpack mm-hmm. where he keeps his hidden inventory. The hidden inventory. He swallows the damn curse. Oh, now this it's is disgusting. just gross. Yeah, it's a little curse monster that he shrinks and swallows. So he still has all his tools, but you'd never even know. It really is so freaking badass. This guy is so cool because having this curse, like this curse is not, first off, it's ugly. It's so not, gross. It's not any type of fighter like mm-hmm. Ghetto. Ghetto has all these like crazy ones that he can just send that are look terrifying and all this stuff. No, Toji literally, he is terrifying in himself. He just has a curse to hold things. That's yeah, I it. don't like how wormy it is. I don't like how it wraps around him as much as it does. And I also don't like how many times we're going to see Toji insert and take out things in its gross mouth. I'll go ahead and put that out there. Now, Toji, the, this was another moment where I was like, all right, the show is being a little too cliche, but they were duping me. I was duped once again because this was so bad guy of him. He is doing an insane amount of monologuing. Yes, but that is because when you monologue like that. Right, That's what. but when I was in it, I was going, yeah. this is ridiculous, the amount of monologuing. He starts talking about why he went after Gojo before Rico. But Ghetto stops him because he goes on to say he knows this is a heavenly pact which allows the user to get stronger as they reveal right. information. And it's been a while since we watched season one, but did you remember that? I, yeah, well, as soon as yeah. they said heavenly pact, I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a minute, too, though. I won't lie. Like, at first, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, wait a minute. I remember now. It, it was so overboard that, like, right as Ghetto started speaking, I was also going, oh, wait. He's mm-hmm. like, this is for a reason. Um, now, Ghetto is interested in interested in knowing how toji picked the correct doors and this is where i saw i wish we saw a little bit of the uh the break-in because how many doors you think we're talking are they normal doors how did he know begeto also asked about kiori the maid and toji does the most disrespectful thing where he (laughs) acts like he doesn't even know who he's talking about oh yeah now, is he doing this as an act, or is he actually just so focused on his mission that he really does not care He's, or know? Well, I don't know, because we got the sun thing later, but it, you nailed this last episode, because what I think it ultimately comes down to is he just doesn't care about her, which is what you were saying. You're like he, Yeah, it's like, why would he? She poses no threat mm-hmm. whatsoever to him. It's just not worth his time. Ghetto uses this moment to attack, and they immediately start tearing this place up. Um, I mean, Ghetto's shooting laser beams. Well, now he's got laser beams. What curse was that? I don't know, but it's it's cool seeing him in action like this. We haven't seen him do any of this stuff, right? No, I don't think so. Like any of this, some of this like specific stuff. I, I thought. I mean, I thought it. I was watching a Star Wars film, mm-hmm. uh, like during this because it was, or I was playing a game of uh, what was that game that our parents played because there was like three games out it was pong Gal- and galica yeah gal yeah that sounds right i think it's galica yeah galica yeah toji's got what i like to call his scarf curse because that's kind of what it reminds me of and he's got a sword baggy sweatpants sweat sweatpants and dodges all of this with ease um we can't wear pants like this why we'd look very dumb 
Why does it look so cool on him, though? Because I don't know. that in his black shirt does look very cool on him. No one has rocked baggy sweatpants like this as successfully uh, since Aladdin. Correct. That is the correct answer. I think you either have to be foreign mm-hmm. to do it okay. or jacked like Toji. Yeah, right. That's what it is because it only pairs well if you go with a tight, some sort of tight upperwear. Like Aladdin, he had the vest. Toji's, he's just got the black t-shirt, but you, you can see his muscles just protruding mm-hmm. out of it. So it, in a way, it might be like, oh, they're hiding that they skip leg day. But what it does, when you see the top, you go, oh my God, I can't even imagine what his lower half looks like. And I can guarantee you Toji is not skipping leg day. No, 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 no. So, and then this is where I was really confused, okay? We get curse manipulation riffraff, and the scary girl from the ring, all grown up, she appears, asks if she is pretty. Now, Toji, he realizes this enforces non-violence on both of them until he answers the question. God, he's so cool. <laughs> this is, this this is, is the coolest moment of the episode. This is right the here. coolest way that you could ever respond to a curse like this, asking uh, if she's pretty. And, and by the way, this curse is terrifying. I actually got like a little spooked right here. Yeah, you know what it look. You know what she kind of looks like. The girl from the ring, all grown up. Yes, but there's also one more thing, and it, and and it almost was too too close for comfort. Okay, who? Hobo Aaron Yeager. <laughs> When he has the bandages like over his eye and mm-hmm. like they don't show his face because they're like trying to secretly you right. know, surprise so, you with it. He she kinda looks like that. Okay, if he if he had lived in some like grimy uckety muck for a while mm-hmm. and Okay. So I guess I I didn't I don't know if I'm not good with the voice actors or whatever, but when the curse manipulation first started happening, I didn't know what was going on. Were you immediately like, Oh, this is something that Ghetto uh employed? Yeah, the only reason I know that is because when he the at the end of last episode when he lets out his curses, mm-hmm. the first thing that comes out is that girl. Oh, okay, you yeah. saw that girl. Mm-hmm. Nice, good job, Chad. You're Proud welcome. You. So anyway, let's get to this awesome line. Toji says, "You're not my type," <laughs> <laughs> and she starts cutting him with scissors. Anyway, yep. He was so polite. What I mean, come on. <laughs> he was. He was. Now, <laughs> the way he smiles too. Do you think? Do you think it would have mattered if he answered differently? Or is it that no? Is he just being yeah? What super- if yeah? What would have she done if he was just like yes? You are pretty. I think all he had to do was answer right. Yeah, I mean, he could have said anything at that. I point. think if Toji was sitting here right now, which he's won't because he's a drawing, but I can make believe. If he, he could have been like, oh, yeah, if I had just said that she was pretty, like, she would have been fine and just kind of went about her business. He said, but I couldn't I couldn't lie to her. Yeah. <laughs> and it's at this point where I have no idea who is winning because Toji, he is getting cut up a little bit, but he's acting so chill that I assume that he's got the situation completely handled. Yeah, is it just because he's so damn fast that he knows he's about to just... Uh, like in an instant cut this thing up i think he's just as cool as a cucumber man i think that's what it comes down to does time stop right here it feels like it slows down it slows down a lot it feels like it but he's also getting um cut in one of the most uncomfy places that is like underrated 
I think this is a very underrated spot that you can get cut because it never happens. You wouldn't think about it. But if you had to torture someone, consider this one. Right behind the ear. Imagine how easy it actually is to cut off your ear. Dude, it seems like it would be so easy. Oh, my God. Dude, and you mean, you say that it never happens. I'm sure there has been multiple killers slash criminals that have done that. I didn't, no, I'm sure it has, but that's still not, like, Chad, do you understand the point I'm making? No. Me and you can go through our day-to-day life and get, oh, we get cut in the arm, we get cut on the leg. It doesn't happen very often where someone's just waltzing through life and gets cut behind the ear. That's a good point, yeah. So, meaning... It's one of the less likely places, most uncommon places to get cut. It is, but... You Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> fanboy. You're like, oh, I hear about people getting cut behind the ears all the time oh. when I'm reading serial killers' manifestos. Would your eardrums just spill out? I don't think the eardrums are like that. Okay. I don't think it's a liquid that spills out. All right. Isn't the... I mean, the eardrum, they call it a drum because it's it's taut. It's tight like a drum. All right. You know what I mean? I don't like thinking about that ear thing, man. For some reason, I know it wouldn't hurt that bad. What do you what are you talking about? It would dude, it would be the least hurtful crazy place to get cut, I think. Behind the ear? Yeah. Least hurtful. I mean, to actually get cut behind there, I guess you're probably right. Yeah, least hurtful it would but it would probably do way more damage than you'd expect. Like, you probably bleed out pretty quickly. It'd just be one of those things, like, if they made it flappy, if they made you, like, a flappy bird by cutting just part of your ear, that'd be terrible. Be like, you know how when you no, get that a... that was a great app, though. You know when you get a hangnail? But what if that's your ear? Yeah. Uh. Ugh. I don't like talking about it either. You made me. So Toji's cursed scarf gets sucked, gets sucked off his shoulder because Ghetto is trying to absorb it. But as soon as he touches it, there is an explosion and Toji slices Ghetto all up in the chest. But not, not badly enough to kill him. He said if he was a Shikigami user, he would have, but he is just using curse manipulation. So I guess that's, you know... Toji's fine with that. He respects yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's what's insane about this his character. Because think about what his son does. His son is literally a Shikigami user. Mm-hmm. And he's talking shit about being like, oh, yeah, if you're a Shikigami user, I would kill you instantly. But he that's also, what his son does. So when he said that, I was like, oh, I guess he just appreciates that he is just a curse manipulator. But no, he brings up an incredible point. He says, who knows what would happen to all the curses you've absorbed once you die? It's like, well, yeah. Although, at the same time, it's kind of ghetto through all of them out. It felt like a second ago. That is a great point. I wonder... Well, ghetto's not dead, obviously, in the present. I was about to say, are we ever going to see that? Him die and then something terrible happen? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But Toji, he goes on and on. I mean, this was also the craziest part of the episode. He's gloating about killing all these strong beings. He's like, oh, this Rico, Gojo, the the six eye killed him. You, I could kill, I got you in the palm of my hands, buddy boy. And then he goes, oh, that's right. I named him Megumi. <laughs> <laughs> Remembers his son name, his son's name while saying all that. And we go to the calling card. Now, it's interesting, like he's talking about all these strong people he's killed. 
and th- that makes him think of his son. I don't know if there's anything there, but it's just interesting you're saying that, you know, talking about how uh, Megami was a f- Shikigami user. Yeah, like, would he kill his son? If he was still alive and he ran into a son who was using a Shikigami user, would he kill his son? Oh, I just want to know more about all that, their mm-hmm. relationship and all that stuff. So we go to the calling card when we come back. We are at the Star Religious Group headquarters. This was the peak three minutes of my confusion. Toji provides the body of Rico where a creepy-looking man with a large goiter on his head is happy to pay. He goes, you know, they assumed this wasn't going to work. Now, I'm going to go and be up front with everyone. This guy is cuckoo. Oh, my, dude. The whole This whole star religious group in general is out of their minds. And this was all a little bit too much for me, so if you've got something that I might miss, please be ready to, uh, to interject because I don't know if I have all this because... So much of it, I was like, I don't even think this is important. I think this guy is just spewing craziness. They're, they're just psycho fanatics is mm-hmm. what I... Basically, their whole vibe, they're not a big fan of jujutsu sorcerers. So they get, they're talking about how the sorcerers, they get special laws, are allowed to bend the rules, so the non-sorcerers have to stay together. Um, they go on to say they couldn't just sit back and let the assimilation happen but also couldn't do anything themselves without being attacked by the sorcerers. So the one sidekick guy who seems, he seems way too normal to be a part of this association. He mentions that the society might crumble if Tengen loses control. And... Uh, Which is a great thing to say. A I mean, great why thing is no s- one thinking of that? Great thing to say, and this is where I go, whoa, again, because what a topsy-turny little story we have unfolding before us. These were the useless guys who stole the maid, right? And the rescue was all part of the plan to tire Gojo out. So, I, Make him get on a flight. Make him go to this location. <laughs> and so I guess it was, it was like a moment of, gotcha! But then once I got got, I was kind of looking at it, and I went, okay, and? I mean, they, it did help get Gojo, because his mindset was different. Um, but, yeah, did that reveal do anything for you? What, what were you thinking? No, not really. I mean, I figured, it, I guess it was kind of implied earlier on, but the reveal, no, I mean, not really. Well, I just written it off to like, oh, those, I mean, they basically, they are pathetic, but they went into it knowing that they were pathetic and they were just doing a, giving them a run around. They weren't actually trying to do anything. Um, and then you're right. That's why they hired this guy because they know they have zero chance like to doing it themselves. But Toji, and this is another thing where I didn't know if I was supposed to glean more from it or not, is still confused why this went down at Okinawa. He kept asking, like, so, yeah, but, uh, okay, cool, I see why you guys did that, but why at Okinawa? Did you get anything there? No, that, I mean, what I thought was just because they literally had <clears throat> had to get on a plane to go there. So it was like, oh, he's just getting tired out. They've got to travel. they got to do all this. Yeah. So every little thing is just slowly wearing on him. He's okay. not getting any sleep. Huh. <laughs> I was like, what a weird note. And it's because it is a weird note, but I see what the uh, religious guy is saying. This is something that Chad would say. 
Toji wants to go eat, but the guy says he is not paying for another dude to eat. (laughs) Yeah. I love that part. He will not buy another man's meal. Never. Which, I mean, I respect, but I mean, does that apply? Like, if I try and Vimo him later, is he open to that? Or is he just, he's not well, cool with he, getting Isn't he check? saying that, though, because he doesn't want to be friends with him? Like, that's his main point, I think. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, yeah I mean, he does say he only wants to see him for work or in hell. Those are the two options. Yeah. Not across the uh, <laughs> table at an Applebee's. The best part about this is it doesn't show Toji's face when he says that. Like, I imagine Toji is legitimately kind of butthurt about that right there. Yeah, but not even for the company. He just wants to go get some wings. Yeah. He's just ma- he's kind of pissed that this guy would say that to him and not let him go eat. He's like, what the fuck? Like, right, because really? there's no, unfortunately, there's no speed ba- boat races going on right now. Right. So he needed something to occupy him. So as he starts to leave outside, who is waiting in the bright light but Gojo? And it also shows, too, though, I mean, Toji is literally so lonely. Like, he has nobody. Even these oh, people yeah. that hire him, they don't want to deal with him any personal ma- uh, any, in any personal manner whatsoever. We know he's just left his son out there, named yeah. him something, left him. So he has no one. Yeah, it's so true. You, I mean, you just get the vibe when he's walking away. Like, he's got nothing to do now. And honestly, when he see, sees Gojo standing there, he's probably like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Gojo, he's good. Oh, he did a reverse ter- curse technique when no one was watching. No way. He's okay. No, that's not annoying at all. <laughs> you can multiply negative energy and create positive energy. He says something like that. Wow. <laughs> Now, is all that bullshit uh, super frustrating to someone like Ronnie? Yes. What makes it a little bit more interesting for me is that this is a whole new type of Gojo. Yeah, he. Which I, what I do like about it is, I do in, enjoy the fact that they say as soon as he busted through the the barrier, mm-hmm. it's like Gojo knew it's over. That my only chance is to instantly do because reverse curse technique that is a thing that we've seen in season one. Yeah. So he thought on his hips to thought on his hips, thought directly. Okay, I gotta just use that, and hopefully it works. And it ended up working. I know it's kind of BS, but at least <laughs> reverse. Yeah, the idea of reverse curse technique is a thing, but co- this is just the kind of thing. Okay, so anytime I'm watching Gojo ever, I'm just gonna no matter how many times he gets sliced and diced, I'm gonna just be like, oh, don't worry. Even if he's off screen in a dumpster in a ditch with. You know, all of his ligaments. He did a reverse curse technique, and well, it'll be fine. All this is kind of Toji's fault too. Cut his head off. Oh, trust me, I've got that note, brother. <laughs> I have got that note. Um, but like I said, a new type of Gojo. This is crazy, crazy jo- Gojo who had a near death experience. This is not cocky. Like, oh, I got the world in my hands. He even says what I was uh, saying last episode, what you just said. Toji's going to lose because he didn't chop his head off. Which could also be... You were just talking about how bored this guy is. Like, I don't know what he's really living for at this point. Something obviously is going on with his son. I don't know if he's trying to forget his son. Or if he literally just doesn't remember him that well. But part of me is almost like... Because Toji's the person that we've heard most talk about how strong gojo is and he knows exactly like where he came from his family um so like did he leave him 
like that a right. little bit on purpose to be like uh, see that that's where I think he did kind of mm-hmm. because or he's such an assassin that like he thought his cuts that he made he's so confident in himself he's like oh that that killed him instantly and just didn't think anything of it because like you said this guy is a he is a little cuckoo I mm-hmm. think it's because he is so lonely and stuff but he doesn't care about a lot no. Like, his whole goal was to go kill her anyways. He slices him like that, and he's like, oh, he's probably dead, and just walks off. Right, and it just goes back to, like, I don't know what his motivation is other than money, and even if he had money, I don't know what. He would he'd just gamble it away. Right. So he's just kind is, of... Is it the thrill of everything he just did? The whole, oh, my... He's like, I just outplayed the strongest guy probably on the planet. Right, and, I mean, if you outplay the strongest guy on the planet... Where do you go from there other than trying to leave the strongest guy on the planet alive to do it again? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I said it earlier, I don't like how many times we have to watch Toji sheathe and unsheathe his sword from this worm curse's mouth. It just creeps me out. There's too much slobber. I don't like the sounds. It's gross. He rushes Gojo, who uses cursed uh, technique reversal red. So now he's upside down. Boom! Explosion. It works because he remember he tried using that red like two episodes ago. Didn't work. Yep. Now he's like got everything honed in. The best thing that could have happened for him was this near death experience. For sure. It made him. It's gonna make him into the Gojo we know now. That moment right there was what defined him. He would still be that cocky guy that probably wouldn't learn everything instantly and. Right, which how could he not be if you never get knocked down? Mm-hmm. You know, so but now he's taking some lumps and he sees like, oh, if I'm not careful, people, if people know enough about me and my powers like Toji did, I'm susceptible. And it also shows too. It's like when people are so talented at something without trying that hard, they don't ever get like better at it. If that makes sense, they don't hone in their skills because they're so good. Like nothing ever happens. Now it's like he he had to do that reverse curse technique to even just live. Right. So he's figured it out, honed it in, but he would have never probably learned that if he wouldn't have had this moment. And Gojo, he's being so unlike him, normal stuff. I'm like, all right, is he on drugs? He's floating in the air on his back. It looks like, and this is a cut um, for some people, he looks like he's Jesse from Breaking Bad when he's doing heroin, and I believe he starts f- yeah. imagining he's floating <laughs> off the bed. That's exactly he, what Gojo looks no, like. No, he is high right now. He is high off. I mean, first off, I hear when you're on near-death experience, you do get like a high sensation. Mm-hmm. So he's got that going for him. And then the fact that he honed in, he finally honed in everything, and he gets to fight the guy that almost just killed him, probably just makes him just bust his pants wide open. And Toji knows what's going on. He starts, he's like, this is the limitless technique. It has a few different perks. We got one. The power to stop. Two, the power to attract. Three, the power to repel. And I mean, if you think about it, that's like all the things, Chad. That's pretty much like all the things. Can you think of the thing that's not covered by stop, attract, or repel? Nope. I can't. And Toji has a chain, but still isn't concerned. Because, I mean, and I say that because he just has a chain <laughs> that has, a, like, his little sword at the end. I don't know when he attached that chain, but it's more of a long-ranged weapon now. He realizes something is off. Um, but he continues swinging. Gojo apologizes to Rico. 
This is where he's he's just in like a heavenly state of bliss. He is, but he talks about how he doesn't doesn't he say something along the lines of he doesn't really even feel anything from it. Yeah. From her dying, like which is kind of a disturbing type thing. It's like he's not even that upset about it. Which is why yeah, it's like why I'm looking at him right now and this is the the mode he's in at this moment is like the mode I imagined when they were talking about what happens to Tengen if he doesn't reset. Mm. Like he, he's almost yeah. acting like larger than life. Like he's devoid of emotions. He's literally floating in the air with a god-like glow. Yeah. So it's kind of scary. I, Gojo, he's having visions of nature. Piano music is frolicking around. There's a piano man right off the side of the screen. Yes, there is. We started talking about piano mans in our Vinland uh, saga coverage. Once again, go check that out. And Gojo says the perk of having a generational technique is that it comes with a user's manual. But the downside is a lot of the information gets out. And he uses all this thinking. So he's just saying, like, Toji knows everything yeah, about it? He okay. just deduces that Toji was a member of the Zenin clan which is why he knows so much about the Limitless Technique. Then he goes, but the Gojo clan, they got a little something up their sleeve. Hey, Chad, what do you get when you mix red and blue? Purple. You get purple, motherfucker. A burst of energy launches towards Toji. This is what he used on Hanami, right? The tree yes. root guy last yep. season? Yep. We cut for a moment and hear him talking about how he would normally, or how he normally would never work for free. This is Toji, but he was standing in front of the strongest sorcerer in generations. Right. So this goes back to he is so bored and so lonely. He could have easily ran away right here because he's so fast. But what else was he gonna do? Yep. Go go sit around and gamble on speedboats. No. Right. Might as well fight the strongest guy right now. Yeah, it's like if um, it's like back in the day. Well, this is a terrible example. <laughs> I was gonna, bro. Let's do it a little differently, and I'll tell you what I was gonna say in a second and why that was a very stupid thing for me to say and why I didn't say it. If you got an opportunity to play, you know, Michael Jordan one on one back mm-hmm. in his prime, of course you're gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like his right. <laughs> I definitely would put up a great fight like Toji does to the the strongest Gojo. No, well. yeah, right, right. That's what you're saying, right? I, but that no, I'm that that I'm that good. And this is my good example. So waiting for my bad example. Okay. Would you like if I said, yes, "Hey, man, I would play Michael Jordan," even if I got shat on? Right. Yes. You just want to be on the court with him. Mm-hmm. So my first example that I thought maybe I won't say that one, but you know, what kind of podcast would this be if I don't speak my mind? Is I was gonna say. <laughs> It'd be like if you could fight Mike Tyson at his prime. <laughs> God, no, I would not. Wouldn't you want to do that? Wouldn't you want to do it? Yeah. Just what? so you say that you could? Wouldn't you want to just grapple with John Jones at his prime? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a little bit different. That's a little bit different. There's a chance of, uh, well, there's there's a high chance of death against Mike Tyson. I don't think Michael Jordan would kill me. He might. Right. He might break my ankle, cross me up. But. So I, I guess that goes to show that Toji, he's different than all of us. Because Toji's the kind of guy who'd be like, yes, I do want to fight Mike Tyson. Right. Right. He would definitely say that. And also, did this guy, you know what all, what have, might have made him not run away to? Hmm. The guy that said that about eating lunch. <clears throat> that moment. That guy. 
save the day. If that guy would have said, let's go eat lunch, this wouldn't have happened. He would have ran away and ate lunch. Right, they would have had Applebee's. Yep. Think about that. So we so, can thank that guy. Yeah, so we can thank that guy for seeing half of Toji's torso missing. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, he obliterates his torso. Ouch. Um, I mean, it It feels bad because I, I do like Toji. He's an awesome character. Yeah. I know, this is a bummer. So, he has visions of a bay. Gojo asks for his last words. And, I mean, what great storytelling last words he says in two or three years his son will be sold off to the Zenin clan and to do with that information as he wishes right so that's what we need to talk about here is so if we're going to talk about let me do this i have to respect how long he stayed standing at the end of the episode with a huge hole in his body because it seemed like you would be you know off center if you had a huge hole in your torso and then end of episode, but there's a post-credit scene. We'll talk about that in a second. Go ahead and talk about Maybe his said. right leg is just that strong. It might be. Yeah. It might be. What? So does Toji actually want the best for his son? Yes. Okay. That's I what I was so. trying to ask right here. When he, Because he just says, obviously, do that what you will. We do see later on that Gojo... Does Gojo just respect Toji that much that he... He thinks he puts it upon himself to get Fushi and put him in Jujutsu High. Yeah, I don't know if he knows what. It's interesting. I Yeah, is it like that he thinks Gojo will do the right thing and go get him? Or is he saying it? You could even look at it in a more grim way, being like, hey, you know who else has my genetics that you might want to be worried about? My son. Yeah, basically telling him like, oh, go kill him. If you want. Right. Because he's... But it, but it almost feels sincere. Like he does actually... Like he knows Gojo won't do that. Yeah. To me, it's more like he's pitching it in a way of like, hey, my son is out there. He could end up like me because he... Like I got mm. ostracized by the Zenin clan. He's getting ready to go to the Zenin clan. So if you want to step in and try and change his path to have, you know, someone as sick as I am working for you, that, there's your opportunity. I think that's more what it's probably like. But he hates sorcerers, right? So then that also like kind of goes against his philosophy. But it also could just be a, a, a spite to sorcerers. He doesn't actually really hate all of them, but he makes himself hate all and of them. And it's like, well, how, how early in a kid's life do you know whether or not they're a sorcerer? Like, does he even know that his son is a sorcerer? Right. I mean, yeah, because it's not like he's Gojo. I think they knew Gojo was. Right. Getting passed down, like, the powers, obviously, generation to generation. Right, but the fact that, you know, Toji himself isn't even one. So, it's not like, I mean, we don't know about the mom. Maybe she was one and he's got those genetics. I just don't know how all that works. And, um, but yeah, I guess in the, initially I thought, oh, wow, Toji's just a bad father that left his son. He knows damn well what's going on. But then he does, like, have a genuine moment of remembering him. So I don't know so what he try, tries to make himself forget about it. Maybe. Forget about it, or I don't know if that's some sort of curse manipulation where it's working to make him forget. I don't know. I don't know. You ready for the post credit scene? Let's talk about it. This is one of my favorite scenes right here. Okay. The sliced off worm starts crawling towards Ghetto, calling him mommy and asking <laughs> for a hug. Dude. 
I would be so disgusted if I saw that and it was saying mommy to me. Burn it. Yeah. That's what I would do. I would. Did, did he keep it? Burn it. Yes, he did. He had to. How, how awesome is that going to be, Ronnie, when we see him use it it's later not, on? I don't want to see it ever again. But well, it, I mean, you know it's coming, though, right? It is going to come. Yeah. And it's, it will be one of those things where I go, oh, cool, he kept it. But then I have to see the thing and I go, oh, I don't want to see that. Mommy. Now we cut and see Ghetto running for some double doors. Elsewhere, a fucking cult. Well, it's not actually elsewhere. It's these doors. We see a fucking cult in white clothes. Oh, in white, clapping for Gojo. How disrespectful <laughs> is this of the, those people? And the the smirk some of those guys are giving Ugh. is, I mean, it's it's heinous. How would they not expect? I mean, you see what Gojo says here in a second, but mm-hmm. why would they not be scared? You know what I mean? Right. Because they know that Gojo is not on their side. But they, the, the mission accomplished. The, these people are so psycho that they know there's a chance that Gojo and Ghetto just kill all of them right here. Because, I mean, they have to know Gojo and Ghetto are pissed about this. But they still just clap in their face. That's how insane these people are. That's how I look at this this moment right here. Well, I'm still... Okay, so... This is the, that, this is the star I'm, religious group. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I'm so confused about, though, is... Gojo's literally just going to get the body back to have a proper burial. Okay, that's what that, you, that's okay. all. That's all it is. But they they know it's already dead. It doesn't matter what happens. We've mm-hmm. won, so they're clapping in their face. Okay, okay. That's how I'm taking this scene where it's like yeah, these like people that. are so insane that they're just clapping in the face of the the guys that just lost. All right. And they know how strong they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've obviously got their ass kicked by them. That's how devoid and psycho these people are. They know there's a chance they all die from being arrogant assholes, and they still just... So what was Ghetto running here for? Did he know Gojo was over here? I feel like, yeah, he did. Maybe okay. Shoko told him. Talk okay. about Shoko healing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but at the same time, Ghetto's shocked to see Gojo. He says he was... um, Or the other way around, I guess. Well, what is it? Do you remember? I can't remember exactly. Ghetto says he was already healed by Shoko. Gojo says he's sorry to Ghetto and that this is his fault. And that's what he asked if they should kill all these people. Mm. Now, nice guy Ghetto says there isn't a point. It's pretty... Dude, Gojo... Would Gojo have killed all these people if Ghetto didn't show up? Yeah, I think so. This is a scary Gojo. Yeah. The masterminds who know about our world have probably fled already, but Gojo says, does there really need to be any point? I Dude, this is... Okay, here's what's tough for me. Obviously, these are all normal people, not sorcerers. And Geto, let me... Last line, says, it is very important that there is. Go ahead. So, we know he's, he's obviously changed tones pretty quick, but it would be so hard not to kill all these people. Gojo, like it's a, it's not even like Gojo. Obviously, is kind of seeming insane right now. Mm-hmm. But how arrogant and assholery this is of these guys, it would be so tough. Like Gojo is having a human response right now. Yeah, it's very human. Like it's not like a insane th- uh, idea that he's having. And just him imagining him doing it, like how he would do it. You know what kind of energy he? Oh, that is yeah. with the people. 
a group of people clumped this close together, just clapping in his face. It, it could turn so ugly so fast. And and Ghetto it makes a great point too though of telling him not to, because what is that? Now there's many people that wouldn't wouldn't blame at all at all for doing this. Right. But what is that going to turn him into in the future? If Gojo does this right now, does he start being making excuses every time something like this happens to be like, well, I can just kill these people. It's fine. Yeah. So Ghetto is obviously doing a good point. Something else bad has to happen again. The fact that Ghetto still is not there to where he finally says what Gojo says right here and just does it. I know, which blows my mind because I thought like now, like I don't even know where we go from here. Like I saw in the little clip, um, making sure the post credit scene, like we're going on to Hidden Inventory Five, <laughs> but but I think that's the last of the flashback. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. So maybe it'll just be like a transition episode into kind of, I mean, it seems like this whole arc right now is done, so I don't know where we go from here. We're kind of at a fresh start. Does the switch, the flip of the switch happen next episode where we see Ghetto kill his first innocent person? I'm still almost thinking that like maybe it'll be like a cliffhanger. Like maybe we'll see something that would be the thing to turn him, but we don't actually see him break bad or anything like that. Yeah, because I will lie, man, if I was in Gojo's position right here and people are clapping over a 14-year-old dead girl that you just played with, you were going to have uh, – when that sounds – It sounds weird that you said it he that way. He was playing at the beach with her, though, right, having right. fun. They were having, making memories. He, he was going to give her the option to actually not assimilate, and yeah. then now they're just clapping in your face that that girl's brain matters on the ground. Yeah, you would have you would have nuked the place of what you're saying. Yes, especially those psycho – Star religious group people. I know. I know. The white, it looks tacky, people. Mm-hmm. Mix in some colors. But I'm excited to see the fact that he still has not flipped his switch. I'm excited to see what actually does it because there's plenty of reason for him to do it by now. Yeah, the show is doing some some great in like detailed storytelling to where you really, like, you got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some... Um, I think there's a lot of shows where you can just watch haphazardly and still get the broad point, but there's like if you miss something, you could just be so confused because I'm dialed in and at times I'm still like, oh god. I was even a little confused about this ending credit scene right here. Well, I mean, I I didn't even have what you have. I mean, what you have, I like, but I still didn't know. I still don't know what Tengen's deal is. Like, what do we do with that now? I don't know. I mean, maybe that's what we do. Think about how close they were to him. Even fighting him and Toji fighting, they were like right at Tengen, and Tengen didn't come out. What's his deal? Who is he? I don't yeah, know. Why, yeah. Why did he not come out if he's that close and he's that high up? Why did he not come out and help Ghetto against Toji? I don't know. There's, I mean, so many questions around that still. But then, like, don't the the cult they worship him, right? That's what's also confusing is like So that's why when I was initially watching it I was like okay Yeah, I don't know. They that that's what's confused. They worship him. They worship him to fail in his <laughs> assimilation. <laughs> so he becomes the higher thing. Right, right, right. That he apparently does not want to become, but who knows if that's all bullshit too. Like there's no evidence behind that. Yes. So very deep. Uh I'm enjoying it. Let's keep moving forward. Once again, we are going to have an absolute ball with Vinland Saga. We're so pumped to cover that. Go check it out. 
Email us at the podcast chronicles at gmail.com. Uh, follow us at Ronnie and Chad on all social media except TikTok, which is what Ronnie and Chad. Ronnie and Chad too. Yes, we got our first one was banned. So what did we do? We hit right back at them with oh, a yeah. second one. You can't stop us. And we'll do number three if we've got to. Mm-hmm. I've been Ronnie. I've been Chatty. Peace. Peace.